Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Welcome to the Winning Edge Melbourne Cup podcast. We're joined by Luke Murrell, Director of Australian Bloodstock, who won the race with Protectionist in 2014. Peter Lawrence, who's a pro punter and owner of Incentivise. And Dean Evans, who tipped Twilight Payment at 30-1 to 1 last year into members, and that was on the Betfair Hub. And in fact, he's tipped the Melbourne Cup winner to members three years in a row, um, all at double-figure odds. So welcome, guys. How are you all? Good, thanks. Yep, going well. Yeah, good, That's thanks, Brad. Different race issue with less of international contingent. Let's start with your overall thoughts on the race and the kind of horses to look for. Start with you, Luke. Right, um, <laughs> look, from a Melbourne Cup point of view, there's going to be a winner and there's a lot of excited owners, I'm sure, in all these horses. But in terms of quality, I suppose it's the weakest one we've seen for a number of years, in my opinion. Um, it's pretty pretty poor to be honest there's a lot of horses here that wouldn't start favorite on a saturday let alone in a be a chance in a melbourne cup so there'll be some value there to be had i'm sure but um yeah just a just a just a race issue and obviously you've had protectionists back in 2014 what kind of horses do you look for in a cup winner i think the melbourne cup's one of the easier races all year to sort of really narrow down um if you look back through history of the sort of any horse that really runs top three. Bart Cummings first alluded to it, and he was always keen they had to have 10 kilometres in their legs or 10,000 metres. So, and if you go back through the last 15, 20 years, if you haven't had that, you've almost been no chance of, of being a winner, with the exception of those particular years where they've gone particularly slow early and it's just been a 400-metre sprint home. So... Traditionally, if you if you look for horses that are the fittest horses with the most miles in the legs, you're going to go very close to finding the winner. Yep. And what about you, Peter? What do you look for in a cup winner? I guess you're pretty happy as weakish field part owner in incentivise. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I'd agree. I I concur with what Luke said historically about the ten thousand kilometres, but I think that in the last many years now that hasn't been the case. Bow and Declare was only third up into the cup when he won and there's been so many internationals come in recent times that have won it virtually first up. I think it's a, I don't think that those um, stats apply in the modern era. I'm not sure about the relative strength or weakness. I know that there's far less high rating um, Europeans in it this year, but I'm not sure it was a great cup when Vow and Declare won it. And I'm not sure it was uh, an extremely strong cup last year, to be honest, with the Chosen One running fourth and Perzan running fifth. Now, I know there were some classy horses behind them, Russian Camelots, Dragon A, very elegant, but none of them really performed on that day. And using Prince of Aaron as a sort of bit of a yardstick between the different cups, it seems to be, to me, much of a muchness, so... I concede that this year looks uh, 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 
there's a very long tail this year. There's no doubt about it. And I concede with what um, Luke was saying. It's really like a, a Saturday open-class handicap with a few high-class horses all right at the top of the weights there. I guess that once you get down past um, numbers four or five, you're really looking at... Um, you're really looking at some pretty just regular Saturday open class handicap horses, which is would probably suggest that the winner will come from the from the, the peak of the weights. Let's hope so. <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Dean? Do you agree with that? Yeah, look, it's it's it's, it's not a vintage cup, but it sort of reminds me more of the old old style cups. Um, you know, certainly with the long tail, I reckon there's half the field you can pretty much put a pen through pretty confidently, which which helps if you're taking sort of trifectas and exotics. Um, you know, in the past, I've, I've sort of honed in, particularly on the internationals, um, but this year there's certainly some question marks over the ones that have come through. Probably the, one of the biggest trends recently has been the, the Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds coming the last last four years. There's been four of them, and Rekindling won, then Cross Counter won, Il Paradiso should have won the next year, and, and Tiger Moth was a close second. You got Sir Lucan in there this year. Um, you know, mares generally generally struggle, you know, obviously we had the great Maccabi Diva, but outside of that, you know, in the last 10 years, none of them have run a place, so it's sort of got, you know, very elegant and, and, and Charlie Rose in the market. The other interesting thing, just, you know, looking at the last 10 years, is uh, nine of the 10 winners ran between first to fourth at their last start, eight between first to fourth at their second last start, and all 10 between first and fifth at their third last start, so, you know, if you, if you want a very simple way of finding a winner, horses in form and consistently in form over multiple runs um, have pretty much dominated the Cups over the last 10 years. Um, but, you know, there's a few intricacies in this race with obviously a, the shortest price favourite we've had for, I can't remember how long. So, uh, you know, an interesting race to assess. And before we go through each runner, I just want to get all your thoughts on the speed of the race. Where do you think the speed will come from? Will it be a hot pace or pretty slow? Yeah, for mine, I've got... um. A lot of horses or connections thinking I've got no weight, I'll roll forward and I think they'll try and run it along. So uh, I think it'll be above average tempo. I don't think there'll be a tearaway lead or anything silly like that. But um, I suppose a lot will centre around the favourite where they want to ride him. And I think you saw in the Caulfield Cup, his reputation in the media probably bluffed a lot of the possible chances into let, in, into handing up and giving it to him. So I, I can see that happening again this year, actually. Peter and Dean, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think that in... I think Knight's order has just been almost... Although he did go a little bit softer in front on Saturday, I must say, but I would have thought he'd take it up. And he's a pretty free-running horse. I didn't see... I'm not 100% sure that many of these horses are going to want to really force the issue too much early. So I think the the pace is above average without being sort of a, a frantic pace. Dean, does uh, Twilight Payment go forward? Yeah, yeah, I think he does. Uh, you know, I think Knight's Order, uh, the way Gay likes to ride them, rock hard fit, I, I presume that he'll push really hard. Um, Twilight Payment right, right behind him. Um, and I'm assuming, you know, Peter will know more, but I'm, I'm assuming they want to just be really positive on incentivise like they were in the Caulfield Cup and take bad luck out of it, um, depending on the speed of the race. 
Uh, so, you know, from a from an owner's perspective, I think a lot of the time spent on the map and the jockey's perspective, but from a race perspective, I generally don't spend a lot of time on the map because sometimes you, you think they'll go slow and they go quick or vice versa, and really over 3,200, I'm interested in the, the form lines and their class and the historical profiling rather than the, the speed map. Yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that, that we'd see Delphi leading <laughs> after last time. I think I think that yeah. as great a jockey as he was is Damien, I think he fell into a bit of a trap of trying to keep incentivized wide and I'm sure uh, Anthony Friedman wasn't happy when he ended up in front. So I would I wouldn't thought Delphi would be part of the speed mix here today. All right, let's go into each and every runner. We'll start with number one, Twilight Payment. Dean, we'll let you have first crack here as you tipped him last year at 30. So has he got a chance this year? Yeah, look, from a from a form perspective, he's, he's, he's surprisingly coming in here in, in equal, if not better form than, than last year. He sort of won the same race uh, uh, two starts back that, that he won uh, last year, although he won it by eight lengths last year and won it by sort of two lengths this year. And he ran third in that race last year before the um, Melbourne Cup, and, and and this year it was upgraded to a sort of 900k race, and had Sunny Boy listed, and it was a pretty good stayer, and he was a close second. So, you know, he seems to be going as well. But you know, he's a nine-year-old uh, this year, and he, he jumps two and a half kgs and weight up to 58 kgs, which has proven a difficult weight for the vast majority of horses to to carry. Um, you know, he was, he was the first eight-year-old to win it last year since 1938. Um, a nine-year-old's never won it. Red Coat yep. had managed to run second, but yeah, you know, I just think I just think he's got a bit of history in the weight against him. So I'd, I'd be saying he's a, he's a place chance at best, but he's going well enough to run a race. Yep. Uh, Peter, Luke, any thoughts on Twilight Payment? I, I'd agree with um, everything Dean just said. I'd have him definitely in the in the uh, mix to run a place. I'm not sure as a nine-year-old he couldn't win it but he's i would definitely have him in the top um seven chances for sure yeah um twilight payment i think what you've got to remember with these european horses is he's not actually nine he's he's only eight uh they yeah. won they won their clock forward one year so whether you're eight or nine obviously is a little bit here or there um he's formed this year is about three to four lengths below what he did last year He's got 14,400 metres next to his name, so he ticks that box for me. And the only run you could have him on since the Cup is his last run, where they went really fast. He carted the, lead, uh, carted the field up and hung on OK, but it was a pretty stock standard ordinary race. So that rating still gives him half a chance here, but I think he's the horse that could really undo the favourite. Um, He's a horse that is a free-running horse. They didn't ride him like that in last year's Cup. It was quite slowly run, and that was a negative for him, yet he was still good enough to win. So if they adopt his normal tactics, which wouldn't surprise me, he, he is the, the horse in the race that could be the tearaway leader and really make it a proper staying race. And it wouldn't surprise me if Lloyd employed those tactics this year. Peter, as a part owner of Incentivise, is that any concern for you? <laughs> oh, music to my ears right there. They, look, he, you could be right. He didn't. He certainly didn't go along at a fast pace of his previous two cups. It'd be interesting with Lloyd only having the couple of runners this year. I wouldn't have thought Lloyd would be uh, 
telling the jockey with 58 kilos to go mad out in front. I would have thought he'd be more likely to try and sit behind um, Gay's horse, but you never know. I'm not. I don't think. Um, I don't think a fast pace is uh, is what would bring it incentivize undone. If it was 2600 meters, I'd I'd say, well, a fast pace won't bring him undone. That's playing right into his strengths. But now the thing with this horse is he he only carries 58. His last couple of runs, he's carried 63 and a half with the vest. So yeah. he actually drops in weight, and um, those European horses just naturally carry big weight, so yeah. I don't think that'll worry him. Agreed. Yeah. All right, on to number two, incentivise. Uh, Peter, you've got the floor here as a part owner. How far does he win by? <laughs> well, like I said before, if it's 2,600 metres or 2,800 metres, you'd go, well, he's an even money chance. Um, I, I'm certain that Flemington and uh, Eagle Farm suit him a lot better than Caulfield does you notice when he came out at the down the side there at Caulfield he hit a bit of a flat spot and took a bit of getting going to get around that turn and at his 2400 meter uh, win at Eagle Farm and also at, at Ipswich both times on the point of the turn you, there was a bit of concern there and but once he can flatten out and get going into the on the straights he's Look, forget about whether I'm a part owner or not. I've never seen a horse run those sort of times at the end of such long-distance races and win by so far. So um, it's just a matter of – I, I think it's just simply a matter of whether he can produce that uh, rating from last start over 3,200 metres, I would um, – there's nothing that he does that suggests to my biased vision that, that he won't. And I think that Flemington's just the, the ideal track for him. So I think he's uh, he's got to be clearly, uh, you know, the clear-cut favourite. Where's the perfect spot in the run for him? I'll do a Chris Waller. You just want to have him ridden where he's comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he certainly just did everything right the other day and um, getting away from those wait for age races and he certainly settled well and I don't think he has to be up near the lead or necessarily I think that I think that um, Brett Preble has a lot of uh, different options there with him and especially drawing wide you know the one thing uh, obviously I would have loved him to draw between 8 and 12 but the one thing I said to my friends was, you know, what we don't want is to draw inside, uh, you know, three or four. So I think that where he is is much better than being uh, cramped up and having a situation like Sky Heights where you have to be pushed up, pushed up, pushed up, and then it's all over Red Rover. So I think he's got plenty of options there, and he's a very adaptable horse. We've seen previously, like that first win at Eagle Farm when he won the 1800 metres he got back and made a mid-race move and I just think I think there's a lot of options for him yep uh, Dean I'm sure you'll be looking for value in the race is is there a case to get him beat uh, the way I like to bet I hope so but he's a he's a hard horse to knock isn't he um, you know 
it, it could be pretty pretty hard track at, at Flemington, but any horse that can handle Eagle Farm, the way it's it's like concrete at the moment, and he, he bolted in his both his runs there, so the hard track's not a concern. Uh, you know, he did it on a brutal tempo in the in the uh, Turnbull. That was just such an impressive win when they ran you know sort of nine lengths above benchmark for the first section, and he, he led all the way. And he trounced them in the Caulfield Cup. So from from a horse perspective, I just can't knock the horse. Um, you know, from a from a stats and history perspective, uh, you know, if you exclude the great Maccabi Diva, nothing's won this race above 56.5 kgs since Golden Black in 1977. Uh, that's quite a long time ago. Um, the last 10 years, there's been sort of 20 runners with 57 kgs plus for only two place getters. So is that uh, 56 runners in the last 10 years about equal or more weight this start than their prior start for, for no winners? Um, so I'm, I'm trying to find some sort of historical reason. Um <laughs> To get him beat, uh, because on ability he's, he's certainly the one to beat. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the, it's a Melbourne Cup. It's 3,200 metres. Uh, it's a fair way to go. He's he's had uh, you know only the three runs, which I think is okay. Um, but you know he's had uh, a tough run in the Turnbull and then the Caulfield Cup. I think ultimately the horse has to fail for something else to beat it. Um, I think if he runs to his maximum peak ratings, then he then he wins, and that's why he's two dollars fifty. Yep. Um, he's got to beat a bit of history. That, that's certainly the case. Luke, your thoughts on the favourite? Uh, look, I'm counting his Queensland form as miles in his legs because he would have had next to no break. So he's got the most miles in his legs of any horse into the race, which is very interesting for an Australian horse. Um, I'm, I'm like Dean. I thought that Flemington win was just off the charts and I thought the Caulfield Cup was very average. Um, sectionally, he was poor home from the 1,200 home. When you compare him to, say, a three-year-old like Gunstock, um, he he had him covered obviously well and truly, but you would argue that was probably one of the weakest Caulfield Cups we've ever had with the only chance not backing up within seven days. So I think that flatters him. Um, on all my ratings and everything, I've got him clearly on top. I think he wins, but it won't surprise me if he's gone at the 400 either. Um, he, he didn't do enough in that Caulfield Cup as you main lead up to say he's the flashing light from a Melbourne Cup point of view and for those guys that like a little bit something a bit wider I think um, this might be the year that you can get something out of them. I'm going to jump in there <laughs> as a as a um, form analyst I can't I can't agree with that I thought his Caulfield Cup win was equal to his best ever run and I would have said that his second best run was the 13 length win at Eagle Farm so I'm not yeah. sure it was. I'm not sure it was as weak a cup as you think, and I, I thought that that was a much better run. Look, he was great at Flemington because he went so fast, and he destroyed very elegant and, and Sir Dragon A, who were both riding against him. But I think beating Young Werter by a half a length at um, set weights and penalties in the Turnbull wasn't nearly as good as winning by. I've got three and three-quarter lengths in the Caulfield Cup. I thought he made a significant step forward into the Caulfield Cup. And I just – I think you've under underestimated that um, that form. Yeah, right up. Can I ask quickly, Peter, how you got involved with all the big boys there, Bray and Aussie Kier? Did you have an association with them? Or? I got involved after he won the first of those races at Eagle Farm where by complete chance 
um, Anthony Allen got caught back in the field and then he made a, a sweeping run around them to go to the lead, whereas previously it had been ridden right back off the pace. Mm. And I think that that day, like it was a, a, a just an incredible stroke of luck um, that we were able to see what happens when he's ridden on the speed. And I know that on that day at Eagle Farm, he ran his last, after being caught three and four wide for the first half of the race and then going forward, he ran his last 600 metres, I think only just at like a fraction, 0.2 or 0.3 of a second slower than the Lightning Stakes did in the 1,000 metre race. Yeah. So I, that to me was just something really extraordinary. So yeah. I actually um, tried to put a little uh, group together to, to buy him, un, unaware that uh, the Peter Moody camp were doing the same thing. And unfortunately, my camp uh, fiddled and Rome burned and Peter got in there first, but it all worked out well because uh, Steve Tregear very kindly allowed me to come in as well. So that was great. Yeah, well done. Yeah, I think... Uh I think you use a ratings win database too, but something I haven't seen very often is 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 win at Caloundra, two wins at Caloundra, win at Toowoomba and two wins at Eagle Farm. I've got him the top-rated horse of the day in all of those wins. Yeah. Uh, so he certainly had some amazing figures all, all throughout that, that prep. All righty, we'll get on to uh, number three now, Spanish Mission, which is the horse which most think can topple the favourite. Any health issues with this guy? He's had a few vet checks. Do you think he's all good to go? We'll start with uh, start with you, Luke. Yeah, look, on his form overseas, this horse, if he bought his overseas form, he would win the race by four or five lengths. Uh, he's got the favourite well and truly covered, but he's, um, he's you can't back a horse that's got a tendon issue. He's not going to let down at Flemington. I'll, I'll be amazed if he even starts the race, so... Uh, if he does, I think he's none. But um, if you're going off pure numbers, um, you only want to back him. Peter, that would be music to your ears. <laughs> well, a little bit of music, not quite what I wanted to hear. I'd rather he wasn't there, to be honest. But I think you're um, getting your wish. I look. I'm not. I'm the fact that he didn't make the plane to come for the Caulfield Cup has because he'd had the issue has got to be a big negative failing the vet check twice this week leading up to the race has got to be a, a, another big negative, you would think. Now, I've, I, from what I hear, he's a very clean-winded horse and they don't seem to think it's been such an issue, but a horse to have a, an interrupted campaign like that, you would think wasn't ideal. And I don't... Look... I don't know that you want um, 3,600 and uh, 4,000 metre horses for the cup. I, th I just don't think that that's what's proved to be um, a successful recipe in previous times. I think that the cup winners that have come here have been more adept at, uh, you know, 2,800 metres sort of thing, but... I might yeah. be wrong. Look, I, 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 uh, the same with Twilight uh, Payment. He's definitely in the top. He, he's definitely in the top seven horses for me. It just seems like a horrible, a horrible campaign. 
just on that horse, he's got numerous last 600s of 33 and a bit, uh, comparable to the open class and group class sprinters on the day over there. So, well, it looks like he's an out-and-out whacker. Uh, he is one European that's got to turn a foot. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's right. Although, often in those very long-distance races there, they just go so slowly early. I just wonder whether he will go, well, what the hell's going on here if... Nah, he, he's been in some proper brutal races. The speed won't worry him at all. Okay, great. Yep. Well, I'm worried. <laughs> nah, you can't you can't win a race with a bloody leg issue, surely. So, um, you've missed, as you said, he's missed work. It's just, it's a horrible setup. Okay, great. Uh, Dean, you agree with that? Yeah, look, I, I, if you if you rated the horse solely on his... his Knows second to Stradivarius is a champion stayer, you know, last start at level weights, then there's a huge chance. But, um, you know, the Baldings, they uh, they brought Dashing Willoughby last year and it, and it did absolutely nothing. And, and they sort of said it was because they couldn't get their people over here. And then this year the horse was delayed and they couldn't get their people over here again. So they've had to train it over the phone. So I think that's been an issue. They're downplaying this, this lameness issue. They're saying it's more like a a little knock and like a you know like a rash um but whether you believe them or not i sort of i sort of agree with what the others are saying i, th- I think spanish mission could either just come out and win or it probably just doesn't run a place um and i'm probably leaning to what you know at some point on betfair recently it was out to 50 to 1 so they thought it was completely gone uh and and then it's uh at the moment got back in the race but i couldn't back it with confidence yep all right uh, on to number four very elegant the J Mac and waller combo Luke, we'll start with you. She got any chance? I give her none. She, her run last year was excellent in the cup, uh, in a slow run race. But look, she got a. She hasn't come up this prep. She's um, been a wonderful, wonderful mare, but she's gone. She's yeah, she's got no, none. <laughs> Short and sweet. I like it, uh, Peter. Uh, I don't think that thirty-two hundred metres of Flemington drawn barrier nineteen is what you want to see for Very Elegant. She can over-race. I thought she was good last week in the Cox Plate. I think that um, her... Look, for a horse that has got such an incredible record, it's staggering how uh, regularly her, her wins have been on wet tracks. I've never seen anything like it. She's only won two races on good tracks in her life. And yet she's won 14 races and the other 12 have all been in Group 1 races. She's a, a, a magician at getting it to rain on the day, but I wouldn't think she could win on a on a, a good four or a good three at Flemington over 3,200. Uh, I've marked a 50 to one. Yep. Dean, you agree with that? Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, when she retires, I just send her out to break the droughts in a few areas. <laughs> what she's good at, but uh, you know, on a dry track, I just can't can't have her winning. And, and Mare's, you know, struggling the race apart from the real champions. So it was a soft six, yes, but not the way it's going to play out. All righty, uh, number five, Explosive Jack, uh, the Triple Derby winner. Uh, Luke, any chance? I can't believe he won so many derbies. What a marvelous horse to have owned, but um. Look, he's only had a couple of runs this time in. He had all that residual fitness from Queensland, so that says he's going to be fit, but he's just not this league, unfortunately. Um, yeah, none for me. It, the one thing he's got going for him that is the, the trainer who's just absolutely uh, um, just unbelievable trainer of stayers. Uh, 
No, I I couldn't have him. But if he ran if he ran a place, I wouldn't be shocked. If he ran third, I wouldn't be shocked at long odds. But yep, any chance, Dean? Uh, I can't discard. I'm just Karen Mar, David Eustace. What they're doing with the stairs at the moment is unbelievable. What they did with the Totsu yesterday. I can't remember a training performance like that uh, in Australia. It's not what we usually do, and, and they're just bringing different different profiles to it. You know, I didn't I didn't really like the horse as a three year old, but he just kept winning those derbies. Um, I thought his Turnbull run, you know, he was, he was shaping up well. Uh, I thought he looked good there, and 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 then I sort of thought he had a hope in the Caulfield Cup, and like a few of them, he just kind of was, you know, just didn't show up. Uh, maybe the shifty track, uh, I, I think, just sort of. Did a few of them undone, and barrier one definitely didn't help. Um, I, I can't discount him just to train a jockey combo and the fact that he can stay, uh, you know, in a race where there's a lot of them just said no hope. I, I sort of think he'll, he could be thereabouts. Number six, the chosen one. We'll start with you, Dean, after you've backed this guy a few times. Yeah, I'm a fan of a horse, I'm a fan of a trainer. We've had a lot of success in these staying races with Murray Baker. Uh, look, he's run second in the Sydney Cup, he ran fourth in this race last year. He charged home for second in the Herbert Powell. The sectionals were, were very, very impressive that day. He ran the uh, he ran the quickest last from the last twelve hundred, the last eight hundred, last six hundred of the day. Everything. So uh, I thought he was going really well. And then he was flat in the Caulfield Cup. He has the ability to really mix his form. Um, so I don't sort of get too concerned when he puts in a flat one. Um, you know, he ran fourth in the race last year, and there aren't those overseas sort of raiders that we think are going to do anything this year. So as a result of that, I think he's not out of the race. Uh, Luke, your thoughts? Yeah, none for me. Um, he's got 8,200 metres into his name. I agree with Dean. I reckon probably the best trainer in the race in terms of stayers, but, yeah, none. Peter, you agree? Yeah, uh, yeah I've got him 100, 100 to 1. All righty. Easy. Uh, number seven, Delphi. You again, Dean? I think he won a group three over 2,800. He was sort of shaping up all right. He, he, he seemed a bit of a grinder. He was second in the naturalism. He won the Herbert Power. Uh, I thought the chosen one was more impressive than him in the Herbert Power. Um, and then again, another one who just sort of flopped in the in the Caulfield Cup. Um, again, a decent trainer. And again, sort of of the Aussie horses, I think he's he, he's sort of that third one that just, I think, went a lot worse than expected in the Caulfield Cup, but is better than that. Um, so he's not the worst of the Aussie horses, but he's not one of my favourites. Uh, Peter, do you think he'll challenge incentivise for the lead again and try and <laughs> no, keep I don't, think that, I don't think they'll be doing that. But look, uh, for a horse that was five was nine to two in the Caulfield Cup, he is definitely in my eyes over the odds here. And I've um, look, I've marked him twenty uh, fives. And I think he definitely deserves to go into the placings. I know it was a horrible run the other day. Who wants to back a horse that comes out of such a horrible run in their lead up to the cup? No one. But I wouldn't be surprised if he struggled into third sort of thing. I think he's definitely, I think from nine to two to 50 to one is, is an overreaction to that poor run. I just don't think he is a, I just don't think he's a leader and I, I'm not worried about him winning it, but I'm. I think he's a place chance. Yep. Luke, to give him a chance. Uh, yes. Um, on his European ratings, he's about four to five lengths off Spanish Mission, so that shows you how good Spanish Mission is. But his only chance to win this race is to lead on him, 
that's all he did in Europe was lead. He can only go the one pace. Damien went way too slow in the Caulfield Cup, but he didn't back up. That, that's the underlying thing with this horse. He didn't back up on the seven days, which a lot of them don't. These Europeans, they're not used to it. Um, if they ride this horse aggressive, which I don't think they will, uh, he's, a, he's a genuine top four chance. If they ride him cute and try and ride him like an Australian horse, uh, he doesn't have the change of speed to figure. Luke, right. did you think he was a, a little bit disappointing very late in the Herbert Power? Yeah, I did, I got, yeah. But, but I, I, again, they went too slow. He on the turn, went I thought he was going to win by five. Yep. I was on him, and then I was I stood up out of my seat in the last 80 metres thinking the Chosen One might be going to run by him. Yeah, look, he, he's got enough metres in his legs for me, but he's a really – I think he's. you'll find he's a really gross horse. Uh, yeah. He just didn't back up, but look, he's um, he's not. He, he can't beat incentivise the way they went in the Caulfield Cup. I completely agree. But he get rid of that run, and um, he deserves yeah, over the odds for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, sounds like he's over the odds for for most of you guys. Um, number eight, Ocean Billy. We'll start with you, Dean. Um, he was sort of midfield in the Caulfield Cup, and I think he ran as well as he can. And you know, I think he's sort of a fourth, fifth type chance at best. I won him in the Calcutta last night, so I was desperate for somebody to buy him <laughs> off me, and thank goodness they did. Uh, he's a billy goat. He's, um, yeah, 6,600 metres. He's got no chance, this horse. Yep. Agree, Peter? Yep, agree. All right, easy. Uh, probably the same with number nine, Salino, $151. Dean, any slim hope here? Uh, look, the only interesting thing about, you know, I went through all the results of the Melbourne Cup last 10 years and just pulled out all the international horses. And, and one thing that really pops up is Chris Wall is usually the leading trainer uh, of the Aussie horses. Um, you know, and it was a surprise winner of the Sydney Cup, this horse. I thought his Bart Cummings run high in the weights was solid enough. So, again, I think he's one of those horses that could just flop into flop into third, just given how weak a tail there is in, in, this, in this race. But that's probably about the best. Yep. Uh, Luke and Peter, agree with that? Agree. Yeah, he's uh, he's got one good run in the last 12 months at Ascot. Uh, Sydney Cup was ordinary. He's only got 8,500 metres. He's going ordinary this prep, so I don't give him any. All right, number 10, Johnny Get Angry. Bossy had a few choice words to say about him taking his spot in the field. Do you guys agree with that? I thought Bossy was talking about himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> None. None? No. 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 Easy. All righty. Bossy was right then. Number 11, Knight's Order. He'll be the go-forward horse. Dean, give him any hope? No. Luke? Uh, the ambulance could hit him. <laughs> Peter? Uh, look, I thought he'd run a better race on Saturday. He just seems to be going so poorly. I don't understand it. His win in Queensland in the Group 2 race up there was really good. But... He just seems to be um, fruit out of season. He's just going too poorly. No, no hope. He's getting the blinkers off. That's his only hope, unless he's just done too much. But I agree. I've back in his last two times. He's been horrible. So, yeah. right, uh, number twelve, Persan uh, Dean. He he ran okay last year, and he's had a few bits and pieces of form. Do you have any hope? I was fifth in this race last year of a long prep, and, and, and you know, Kieran Marseille will have had. The chance to set him for this, he was a he was a decent third in the, the Caulfield Cup. I do, I just can't discount 
rule the line for anything that Kieran Maher trains, but he's not one of mine. I think he's a place hope. Uh, Luke? Um, he's got 6,100. He just hasn't had the prep last year. He had a huge grounding. They've gelded him since, but no, I don't give him any. Same to you, Peter? Uh, I wouldn't say no. I, I wouldn't say I don't give him any. I've got him sort of just outside that top seven. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the best of the, uh, if he beat, say, Grand Promenade home, but I don't think he's hopeless at running a place. Alrighty, uh, 13, Cariff, um, another one of big odds. Dean, any slim hope here? He's just not, not going well enough, this prep. Nope. Uh, Luke and Peter agree with that? Agree. Yeah, he just doesn't stay, so, yeah. Alrighty, uh, 14, Master of Wine, he's around $71. Um, Luke, any hope? Doesn't stay at all. Peter and Dean agree with that? Agree. Yeah, I don't like him at all. He runs his best races at Flemington. That's the only positive you can say about him, but uh, I can't have him. Uh, Pondus, number 15, he's around 51 bucks. Uh, Dean, can you make a case here? Uh, I liked the horse last year, um, and I thought he ran well. I thought he might be able to measure up this year, but uh, you know, he, he did lead on, on that sort of brutal speed in the Bart Cummings. They ran 16 lengths above par, and so I sort of thought off that run, he might run well in the Mooney Valley Cup, but I thought that Mini Valley Cup was weak, uh, and I just thought he wasn't good enough in it for me to follow up here. Yep. Uh, Luke? Yeah, I like him. Um, he had he pinged the gates in the Mooney Valley Cup, as Dean said, and they just went way too hard. The Mooney Valley race, he got a very unusual ride. They didn't go hard enough on him. He's a horse that loves tempo, and he's going to get a suck here. And if Lloyd sets Twilight Payment a lot, I think it would be for this horse. So... Um, I think he's a great roughie to run a place. Yep, that's a good point. Uh, Peter? Okay. Yep, I could see him running a place. I, it's fascinating to me. To I backed him in the Bendigo Cup where he was 13 lengths off the lead and rattled home to get beaten a hair. <laughs> now he's leading. I don't quite, I don't quite understand it. Um, but, yep, I could definitely see him running into third. Uh, number 16, Grand Promenade, one of the locals in the market, or kind of in the market. Um, Dean, give him a chance here. Is this another one of those Kieran Maher horses? He's sort of exactly like Persan was last year. You know, he'd been at work a long time. He was first up in March. He's 10th up here. But, you know, his Bart Cummins win was, was possibly the most impressive, I think, of, the, of this prep. So he's going well. He should stay the trip. And I guess he's sort of another one of those grinders. I just, I just don't think he'd win, but I think he can be thereabouts. Luke, any chance? I went looking for him. Um, he's got 20,800 metres, so second highest in the race. I really wanted to make a really strong case for him, but when I pulled his sectionals apart, he won't get much further than 26, 2700, and he's been very weak at the end of all of those, so he won't run the trip, unfortunately, but he might be this year's person where he flops into fourth if they go slow. Yep. Uh, Peter? Agreed with uh, what Luke just said, yep, for sure. Alrighty, uh, number 17, Miami Bound. Dean, I know you've been tipping him every now and again this prep. Any chance here? Um, I think she could win a Melbourne Cup on a bog heavy, you know, but that's what she is. She's a, a wet tracker now. Um, so uh, it's just going to be too dry for her. Luke? Yep, uh, 8,700 metres. Both her recent runs, as soon as they go for her, her head goes up and to the side. She's feeling herself. She needs a wet track and she won't get it. Yep, uh, firm track. Same view for you, Peter? Yep, agree with that. She needs yep. it wet. 
All right, another roughie, uh, number 18, Port Gillamai. Uh, Dean, any hope here for the Hayes camp? No, I don't know how they even allowed it in the race, to be honest. <laughs> you watched it, not only on its runs, but you watched it in track work, and they had to they had to smack the crap out of it to beat a maiden thing in a track gallop. Like, no, no why? <laughs> uh, Luke and uh, Peter, any hope? No. Nope, nope, nope. Easy. Nah. Uh, she's ideal, the Sydney cider, uh, number 19. She's around $71. Uh, Luke, any hope here for her? Yeah, she was the one I went looking for just to have something a bit different. But she's so much tied to Great House. The last two times Great House has beaten a home. And I thought her Caulfield Cup run was excellent. Uh, wrong part of the track. They, there was no real credit paid to those horses. I think she's gone particularly well there. And I think she'll love Flemington. My big knock is she's tied to Great House, and I don't really like Great House, but I'm going to back her to the place, and I think she's a good roughie to fill those minor money places. Peter, give her hope. Uh, look, I've got a I've got a sixty six to one. Uh, I'm I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if she ran a place, but I'm not um, I'm not I'm not I'm not thinking she's a winning chance. Obviously. Agree, Dean? I don't like her at all. No, I don't think she'll even run a place. I don't think she'll get close. All right. And uh, probably the roughest of them all, number 20, future score. Quick no here or? Yeah, doesn't have the mile on the legs and not going any good. No. I had to look it up to see what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same, actually. I hadn't heard of it. Mm. Um, no disrespect. Uh, number 21, Charlie Rowe. She's $15, so she's one of the, the few in the market. Give her a hope, Dean. Uh, the thing about her, the, the two races she's been in have been brutally run. Like She's run second in that Bart Cummings on speed where they ran 16 lengths above par for the first section. And then the Geelong Cup, they've run 23 lengths above par in the first section and she's sort of been on pace and won. Uh, but then she beat Dr. Drill, so then I'm confused because how did how did Dr. <laughs> Drill get that close? Like So I'm a bit bemused by it. But, you know, she bolted in the Baggett here last prep and then failed in the Adelaide Cup. I think they preferred to not give her that additional run, but I, I, I believe in sort of what Luke says, and that you know I think the additional run probably is good for her. But she's a mare. I just I can't have her to win, but I, again she can she can run a place. Yep, uh, Luke agree with that. I like her in the race because she's making a market. She doesn't have the miles. I've looked at all the staying runs. She doesn't run it out strong. She's just not this level. Agree, Peter. No, I'm I'm. The horse I'm most worried about is Charlie Rose by far. Yeah. I thought that um, she jumps out of the ground when she's had that uh, one run at 25, at a mile and a half. At Flemington last December, she ran in a mile and a half race and got beaten by Miyake. At her next start, she won the Baggett. It was a fantastic run. She won by nearly eight lengths at Flemington. It was 2,800. She's had those two mile and a half runs now. I've got her clear cut second pick. I think I'm wor- I'm worried about Charlie Rose if incentivised rates down on the last start, and I thought she was clear cut the danger. Interesting. All right. Good hope there. Um, number twenty. But I'm very. I'm, I feel I feel very buoyed by Luke hating it. That's made me feel much more relaxed. <laughs> well, her, se- her sectionals are putrid at the end of those proper staying races. You'll kill her. Don't worry about her. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Um, number 22, Floating Artists, uh, around $19 for the Mar Eustace camp. Um, I don't know how he got beat last start, but um, he did, and he's in the race. Uh, Dean, any hope? Um, well, good on the stable for sticking with the jockey. Yeah. Me, one, I'm surprised by that. Me, form me, twice, train one, me. Um, <laughs> I, I just... I'm not. Sure. I just don't think he's a 3,200 meter horse, and I think that Moody Valley Cup was weak. So I, I sort of, again, I think he's a place chance just because of the Kieran Ma factor, but he's not one I think is going to win. I agree, Luke. No, I've got him a danger to the favourite. Um, I agree. The Moody Valley race was weak. You've never seen two worse rides on this horse. These last two runs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that they've stuck with the kid. Um, I would have preferred a senior, but good on him for being loyal. He'll run the trip out on his ear. Um, he's got just enough metres in his legs for mine. And, yeah, he's he's the big danger to the favourite. All um, number 23, Great House, gets a, one of the last spots in the race. Dean, any hope here? Well, I, I quite like the horse. I thought, you know... His first run over, you know, more than 2,000, he won the Newcastle Cup and he ran the quickest time of the day there, uh, quickest sectionals of everything. Then I thought he was unlucky in the Metro, not a great ride, and he hit the line all right. He was good in the Caulfield Cup. Shame he couldn't run a place. but was sort of on him at $31 a place and he got nosed out for third. And then he won the Hopham. I, I don't mind him. You know, he's a Chris Waller horse. Uh, he, he's got the miles and the legs um, and he's the type of horse that I think for the Waller stable can, can run an okay race here. Give him a hope, Luke. Look, I, I sort of give She's Ideal a hope, and I, I just keep coming back to it. He keeps beating her, so I have to. Um, against that, he beat my horse yesterday, who is nowhere near this league. He had a PR yesterday on a fast tempo. They just don't win off that three-day backup, especially these European horses. So I'm against him, but it wouldn't surprise me if he flopped into third or fourth and knocked a few people out. I thought he was good on the weekend. I thought he was good in the Caulfield Cup. And I definitely would have him, again, in the top seven. I can see him um, running a place. It'd be, like we've said so often, you'd incentivise would have to not turn up to not beat Greathouse on the Caulfield Cup run. All righty, on to the last one, number 24, Sir Lucan for the Waterhouse bot team. Um, I'm hoping you guys give this guy a chance because I'm on it. $81. So, Luke, what do you think about this one? Yep, so his European ratings are about four to six lengths off Spanish Mission. Uh, he obviously drops to 50. The form that on paper this year is terrible. Uh, in a normal year, he'd, he'd be running to run 12th or 13th, but, look, he might run 5th or 6th. Um, he's a big, big doubt at the trip, and... I think he's a pack animal, to be honest, just the way he races. He, he gets his head up and he doesn't want to go past him and there's not a lot of desire there from the horse. Well, that's not what I wanted to hear, but uh, Dean, any, any, can you give me any confidence? Yeah, well, I was hoping for a better push from Gay. and She was usually very buoyant, but she, even she sort of said he's a bit, uh, he's a bit small and he, he'll probably be better next year. But, you know, the push for him, I, I was, I'm on him in the futures as well, like, just because... Uh, you know, he's looking for those Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds um, and they've, in the last four runs they've had two winners, uh, an unlucky third and a, and a close second. So on that, I think he's a chance. I can't sort of leave him out just because I think they profile so well and Gay knows how to win this race and so does Glenn Boss. Um, you know, but I just, I'm, I'm not getting positive vibes about him. 
Yep, there's a bit of a worry when gays are upbeat about a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not sure he's got the right form coming out of those uh, British races to be competitive here, but I'm mindful of what a great trainer Gay is. And Yep. All righty. All right, guys, we've um, gone through all 24 runners there. Uh, now it's time to give your tips and a bit of a betting strategy for the race. We'll start with you, Peter. Um, well, clearly I've got incentivise on top. Uh, he only has to reproduce that Caulfield run last start and he should be winning. I'm very scared of uh, Charlie Rose. I think that she's just had the great preparation and I'm disagreeing with uh, Luke about her run at Flemington that day. And I thought that there was a bunch of horses you could put in for third. Uh, Twilight Payment, Spanish Mission, uh great house and include some of the longer price ones that we've been through from the Mar and Eustace camp but really I think that it's um, it's incentivizes race to lose my betting strategy in the race would be to take incentivize to win to take uh, Charlie Rose to run second and look, it wouldn't be a totally mad idea to take the field to run third because history shown in the Melbourne Cup some very odd horses have managed to struggle their way into third. So that's where I'd be going. All right, mate. Well, best of luck with him. Definitely looks at the horse to beat. So fingers crossed for you. What about you, Luke? Yeah, I, look, I agree. If Centervise shows up, he's he's the horse that wins by five or he's gone at the 400 for mine. So I, I bought him last night in the Calcutta, um, so I'll be cheering. But I think the... The two dangers are Floating Artist and Pondus. Uh, both horses will run the trip for me, and I think both horses come from different form out of that Caulfield Cup. I think it's a bit of a sus race. Um, and like I said, a Spanish, a Spanish mission drives me at all, but I just can't have him off the setback. You're going to get two anywhere from 280 to $1.80 on the favourite, so I think you'd, you know, the average punter, they're probably... They'll get a run out of um, floating artists or ponders at, at bigger odds and probably more a place bet. I, I think it's a race you've got to go looking for horses and back them a place. And if the favourite wins, credit to him. And if not, well, you're a chance, you know. Yep. All right, a bit of value there. Um, Dean, your thoughts? Usually I'm with the internationals in the cup, but this year I just have to take a set against them. Um, and I think then really you just got to make a decision. Do you back incentivise um, and cheer them home or do you bet around them? Um, I think with some of the prices, it's actually an opportunity to just back a few for, for small stakes and even save on incentivise. So, you know, I'm looking at the likes of Explosive Jack, The Chosen One, Delphi, Grand Promenade, Great House, Sir Lucan. They're all, you know, anywhere between sort of 26 to 1 and 60 to 1. You have a little bit on them, you can still save and incentivise, and, and uh, you know, I think I've got the race covered. Lovely. It's a very interesting thing this year. Uh, even 15 years ago, I would be certain that incentivise would pay 350 on the totes. Yep. But with the huge volume of betting that goes on from the teams where horses, like in the Caulfield Cup, he was just off the map late. And we saw in the derby yesterday, you know, I would have said guaranteed he'll pay three fifty on the tote. Yeah. But it's not it's it wouldn't surprise me if he in fact paid much less. 
There's yeah. not an obvious second or third pick to gravitate towards, so that's why I can exactly. see him just unloading and saying he's the good horse and he'll win. But yeah, they were potent yesterday too. I haven't seen that for a long time, but geez, like mm. the the tote prices and the closing prices for you know Home Affairs, uh, I'm Thunderstruck, Hitotsu, Eduardo. They just nailed every race. Those major races, like, just nailed them. It was amazing. Eduardo six to four, all three totes. Yeah, it was incredible. And his Totsu off, off that prep, like they just back as if it was unbeatable. I know. And, and he finished as if he was unbeatable. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah. I just think it was a legless race, and they identified there was no speed. He had the fresh legs, and look, he did a great job to get him there. But yeah, amazing to see. What price do you think uh, incentivise will start on Tuesday? Well, I would have said he'll be 270 with the books. There's been a lot of horses that have actually started seven to four over the years. It's surprising. Um, and I would have said in a normal year, he would be 350 on the tote or 330. But uh, after the betting on Saturday and the betting in the Caulfield Cup, I'm not quite as confident about that. I do think if you backed him uh, best place, Tote, he'll probably get, you know, $2 the place sort of thing. But Yep. Dean, Luke, think, any thoughts think, on where he I think he'll start with a two in front of him, you know, yep. maybe 270, 280, 290 at, at best. I don't think yep. they'll let him get to threes. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought the big syndicates would find him and just unleash, but I obviously got the history there with the weight, you know, that might pull their systems back a bit. But anyway, it'd be very, very interesting. <laughs> What do you boys think from the average punter's point of view? Do you think that there's uh, more uh, interest and excitement for the average Australian once-a-year punter just betting on the Australian horses? Or do you think that the lack of... See, I think it's great that we have some internationals, but I think in recent years where we've had six or eight runners that people don't know the form for has probably been a turn-off for, for turnover. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's, there's more excitement. Um, I think Incentivize, too, is a, is a great addition. You know, I think if Incentivize wasn't there, yeah, um, geez, it would be a low race. Like, you know, yeah. and, 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 and people would be having a bet, but they'd be like, what do you do, you know? Uh, I think Incentivize really brings that excitement because either people are just going to be, I'm just going to back this thing, it's one nine in a row, let's go, or they're just... They're just looking to get it beat because they're seeing all these juicy odds. So I think it's really going to help turnover having it in the race. I think if you go back and watch some of the cups from 10, 15, 20 years ago, you'll be really struck by how spread out they are when they hit the line. There's these huge gaps and they come in like Brown's cows. Mm. We might see that on uh, Tuesday. I think we will. Someone on the struggle to finish. <laughs> if incentivise wasn't in the race, there would be a lot less interest. There'd be a lot of, um, you know, semi punters who wouldn't even watch the race. But um, he does create some interest, which is which is handy in a pretty low race. Yeah. Well, let's get in there next year as well. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, if you're going to be there next year, you want to hope you've got fifty nine because um, this is his year. You know, like this is his. He gets every tick here. So good luck with him. I, I hope he does well for you. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks again, guys, for joining us and great insights for everyone. So um, best of luck on Tuesday and best of luck, Peter, with incentivise. Thank you. No, no problem.
At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com, look at our membership options, make your choice, and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.